welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. I'm Dana Zook. So this morning, I am in Shawnee, Oklahoma with Carla Smith. She is the Pottawatomie County Horticulture and 4-H Educator. Is that the correct title, Carla? Yes. Okay. She's looking at me. Yes. Okay. So Carla has graciously invited me to her office, or maybe I invited myself to talk a little bit about horticulture. Those of you who don't know, I just really enjoy that side of, I guess, life in general. What would we be doing without gardening? I'll be honest, Carla, when Christmas is over, I'm like, forget about this winter business. It's springtime. And so moving from Nebraska to Oklahoma, it really does. We do get some springtime days. And so it does kind of feel like spring, kind of like today, right? We have had some incredible weather for this time of year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, Very dry. And so we're hoping for some rain here coming up. So today we're going to mention and talk a little bit about cool season or early spring gardening. Carla and I have a list of things to talk about here. We could go on and on about this. So Carla, tell me a little bit about yourself first and how you came to extension and and where you live and just give us a little background on yourself before we get started okay great yes i i'm glad that you were able to come today to to visit and i could probably talk about gardening all day and in fact that is what i do so anyway i uh, am a graduate of oklahoma state i graduated in the centennial class i have a horticulture degree Right after college, I went to work at um, TLC, Florist and Greenhouse, and worked there a number of years. Uh, From there, I went to a lavender farm operation and was able to get in with them on the ground level of um, agritourism and dealing with uh, production on that side. I've spent time in a flower shop uh, before I found out about this opening with Extension. And the neat thing about all of those positions uh, were that they always had an element to education or teaching, whether it be uh, one-on-one in the greenhouse or teaching seminar-type programs, garden club talks. And then when we had the, at the Lavender Farm, we would have bus tours that came in and we were able to teach workshops. The nice thing about Extension is that it does have that education focus Mm -hmm. and I'm not selling anything anymore. (laughs) It isn't that nice, right? It really is. Uh, It's a different approach and I I have three children and they've all grown up at this point or in those um, early adult stages. So it's been a great opportunity for me to to really focus on a, a new pathway. Cool. Yeah, I I was in the sales before I came to Extension, and so it is kind of a relief to educate but not have to sell something, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that's really cool. I was just going to say, all of your experiences really led to the role that you're in and educating um, the public on horticulture, floriculture, the lavender thing. That was, that's really cool. So was that in Oklahoma? Yes. Okay, cool. That's really neat. Well, thank you, Carla, for giving us that background. Um, So let's just dive right in. Let's talk about cool season gardening. Define kind of what that is. Because right as we are recording, it is mid-February. This probably won't go out until March time period, but it gets people thinking about it. So tell us a little bit about this early season gardening. This is a perfect time for that conversation of what to plant when. And a lot of times people will say, hey, I want to have a vegetable garden. And so that brings that conversation to um, what do they choose to grow 
And that depends on what they like to eat. So there's no need in growing something if you don't have a good purpose for it on the other side. So that's always a good part of the conversation. But some people don't realize that some of our vegetables, um, in Oklahoma, we have a really long growing season. We basically have three separate seasons. Like they kind of blend together, mm -hmm. but we have that early spring season for the cool crops that don't like our summer heat. Then we have a middle season, our, our summer um, production. And then in the fall, when it cools off, we can repeat the same crops that we grew in the springtime in that same temperature um, cycle. So right now we are in the beginning of that early spring stage. So it's a great time to uh, prepare the garden and make sure that you're ready for getting those um, seeds started or plants started. And so that would be things like your lettuce and leafy greens, uh, spinaches, uh, root crops that like the cooler weather, onions, potatoes, carrots, all radishes, all those things that can tolerate the cooler temperatures. So that uh, those things need to co be planted early. If you wait too long to plant them, they won't finish their uh, life cycle. They won't come to maturity before we have the heat. Uh, and then they will either bolt or they won't produce properly. I'll be honest, Carla, every year I get caught with this because sometimes you don't think about, you're excited about gardening, but you don't think about it until maybe mid-March, first of April. Not the best time in my experience to plant broccoli because it's always <laughs> bolting. I never get a broccoli plant. So I might have just, you know, punted on the broccoli for the rest of my life, but <laughs> it may not work for my gardening situation. But that's where I get I get caught with that. Um, especially those um, brassica type vegetables like broccoli. And um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that you would plant early. What am I trying to think of, Carla? Right. Brussels sprouts, oh, Brussels sprouts or cauliflower and broccoli. All of those, the timing in Oklahoma is just really critical. And it depends on our weather. Mm -hmm. So some years it may work and other years it doesn't. But two that are very easy to grow that are in that family would be your cabbage and your kale. Because both of those you can harvest the leaves of or harvest at a maybe an earlier stage mm -hmm. where you're not worried about that um, head forming correctly necessarily. Kale, you can harvest just the leaves mm -hmm. like you would a lettuce. And so you can still take advantage of that family, but yet you're not, the production is a little different. It's easier to harvest. Well, great list as far as we're talking about cool season plants there. Now, Oklahoma is a big state and our listeners are from all across the state. So we're down here in Shawnee. It's central Oklahoma. I think of it more, you know, east, east central. Um, I live in Kingfisher, opposite out of Enid. So we're covering a big gamut here. So our zones in Oklahoma, we have quite a few different zones. And so gardening in Idabel versus gardening in Enid or Woodward is going to be quite a bit different. How would that impact our cool season growing period? With us being located in the central part of the state, and even when we look at like our fact sheet information, it does give a range. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give just a single date for the planting. So keep in mind what part of the state that you're in. Most of us are in zone six or seven. For a while, my son lived at Marietta, and his planting date was two full weeks ahead of mine, and he would be fine. So we would compare notes. He's recently moved, and now he's up by Ponca City, and oh. so he is, I get to plant before him now. <laughs> totally <laughs> but, different, yeah. So it's kind of fun, but we get to um, compare those notes because when we look at our fact sheet, 
Notice that it is a range. If you're in the middle part of the state, go with them, shoot for that middle date. Um, so for us, we can start planting those cool season crops. The fact sheet says February 15th to March the 10th. So I'm not ready to put mine in just yet. I'll probably wait another week or two, depending on what the weather is doing. Mm -hmm. So it's always a conversation of what's our weather doing this year and then targeting your planting date for what's happening right now. Yeah, so if you're farther um, northwest, probably later towards the later end of that range, mid-March, um, maybe maybe southeast, uh, farther south, you're going to be, you know, earlier. But it, it does, there's no hard and fast rule. Right. Um, that, that range is there for a reason. Uh, it covers the whole state. And then, I, again, let's see what our weather does. Last The last couple of years, we've had some challenges. We've had late freezes, and so that's something to always keep in mind. Um, we don't always have advance warning of that. So um, when you select your vegetables, even for that cool season, uh, our fact sheet does a really good job of listing which ones are hardy and which ones are semi-hardy. So you may want to be prepared that if you're planting lettuce early, you might need to cover it. Using a, a row cover, a frost blanket, even a sheet or blanket, uh, Fabric is better than plastic for covering your plants, but many of them, like turnips and, and spinach, are hardy to a pretty low temperature, so they can go ahead and be planted even though you think, well, we're still going to have a freeze. Yes, they can tolerate it. I remember growing up in Nebraska, we did some of that early season gardening, and they would say, um, so Nebraska would be much farther north, but we would plant our potatoes like St. Patrick's Day, but we would have potatoes up and usually get they would get nipped by frost, but they were fine. Mm -hmm. um, we never did any covering or anything. Some plants are more susceptible to that, but I would think here potatoes probably are pretty safe, anything that is a root vegetable. Is that correct, Carla? A lot of our people around here still say St. Patrick's Day. Oh, really? There's kind of okay. a tradition okay. for that. Yeah. It actually doesn't fall. That's usually March 17th. Okay. <clears throat> which does not fall within our our uh, guidelines on our fact sheet. It's a little bit later. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, that March 10th is our goal. Again, depending on weather, what our weather is doing. Mm -hmm. Th there is definitely a window mm -hmm. to get those things planted. I would suggest probably not later than St. Patrick's okay. Day. Here I am spewing wives' tales. No, that, <laughs> no that's... That's one that a lot of people, many of our, our farmers and, and gardeners around here use that date here. Okay. All right. So, That's very yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So we've talked about our plants. We've talked about really what, what spring gardening, early spring gardening is. What should we be doing now if we're interested in doing some of this? Um, what are our to-do lists for this? That's a really good point. I had purchased onions for planting in my home garden and then realized, oh, I need to till. Oh, <laughs> yes. You know, I, I did have a cover crop in my garden space. So my reason in getting the garden tilled um, as soon as I realized what date it was, mm -hmm. was so that the cover crop will have time to start breaking down and start composting in place. That and we do have a rain um, forecast, so I wanted to get that done so the rain would help speed that process up. Uh, right now, if you are planning to plant cool season vegetables, you do want to get your space ready. If you haven't done a soil test and you need to do that, you'll be a little bit rushed to get that done. But with fertilizer prices like they are right now, it still would be worth the effort to get that done. 
Uh, absolutely make sure that you're, um, if you are tilling your garden space, you want to get that done. Purchasing those early season seeds right now is going to be key so that you have what's available. Our availability the last couple of years has been a little bit off. Yeah, people are kind of excited about <laughs> spring gardening, aren't they? <laughs> so um, there there have been some availability issues. And in fact, my daughter and I were ordering seeds this weekend and several things were saying out of stock on, on the mm. websites. So check with your local supplier, check online if there's something very specific. Many general varieties are available. Mm. So um, you may not have your first pick if you're ordering now, typically right after Christmas is the best time to get that seed order made. Mm -hmm. But if you order and get them early, you want to be sure and store those seeds in the freezer uh, or at least keep them cool so that they will stay fresh. I will be honest, Carla, I was in, in the mindset that spring is here after I put my Christmas tree away. <laughs> I ordered most of my seeds. I did. Um, I have been perusing the information on some new varieties and bought some watermelon seeds just yesterday. Um, wasn't able to get them locally, which I try to do some of my, get my seeds locally, but got them online. It was a, um, a watermelon, maybe more appropriate for a backyard. It was a smaller one, but, um, it was a unique seed and it wasn't carried by very many places, but I, I did do a lot of my purchasing early on. Now the storage, that's a really good point. Um, I didn't really think about that. I, I probably didn't do as well at storing them as I should have, but I think they're cool. They're just not in the freezer. Right. Keeping them in a, a cool location is better than um, in at regular house temperatures. Dr. Brandenberger on campus does a really good job presenting um, information and sharing how to take care of those seeds properly. He's got several YouTube videos if you're interested in, in looking up more information on that. But it's really important to keep those seeds cool. So a refrigerator or freezer um, is ideal. Heat is going to be the thing that really decreases your germination rate more than anything. Mm -hmm. So that's something that a lot of people um, may not know. So it, it's important when you've purchased your seeds to store them well. And even some of our packets, depending on your, the size of your family and the size of your garden, you may get more seed in a packet than what you need in one year. Oh, right. Absolutely. So it's great to just um, make sure you have those. Um, it's, it's good to put them in like a freezer bag that, mm -hmm. that protects the humidity side of storage. And then just drop them in the freezer and just remember they're there and put the year on them. <laughs> no Most, freezer burn. <laughs> yeah. You, so, um, and don't forget about them. Yeah. Sometimes I go back through my stash and realize, oh, I should have used these instead of buying new. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a a good way to stretch your your gardening dollar. Yeah, because seeds are fairly expensive, and mm -hmm. so I've I've run into that. I mean, I don't need fifteen tomato tomato seeds of one kind in one year, so we've run into that too. Mm -hmm. So, what about rotation, Carla? Should we be thinking about how we should how we have need to rotate for the coming year? Think about how we've done it in the past. Maybe move some things around. Is that wise? Absolutely. Crop rotation is a really a one of the best keys that we have for preventing diseases and insect problems. So if you have gardened for a long time and you really like your tomatoes in a certain location, um, a lot of times we're just creatures of habit. They did great over here and, and we just want to put them back in the same spot. 
But ideally, you want to set up like a three or four year rotation. And it depends on the size of your garden. Not everybody has a large garden where they can move things very far, but it can really uh, reduce the amount of disease and insect problems you have. But also, if you think about different plants use different nutrients. If you rotate your plants, the, the same nutrients also are not being really harvested from the soil in one location. And if you rotate your crops, say if you have an area that you plant like green beans or cowpeas, that's a legume. Mm -hmm. So if you put your tomatoes or corn that are heavy feeders in that location the next year, then you have uh, nitrogen that's been fixed by the previous crop that is just going to help you in your production. Okay. See, I think that that's really important to think about. Even with our spring vegetables, if you don't have a, like myself, a really dedicated spot for the spring, how, how can I stick those in there, but still allow myself some room to prepare that spot for the, the warmer season vegetables, which we'll talk about here in the ne next episode. Um, so I think that's just kind of crucial, um, even though I think it applies maybe more to some of the tomatoes, the, those types of things. Carla, what if, what if some of our audience is not planning to plant any cool season crops? What are some signs to look for when plants should go in some of those warmer season crops? And, you know, what can we be doing now? For the warm season garden, uh, right now you're still at a, you have plenty of time to get your soil tests done if you haven't. And so that's a really good thing to do. Ordering those seeds, if you haven't, like we kind of talked about already, if you haven't ordered your seeds yet or purchased them, be thinking ahead. You have a little bit longer time frame to get those warm season. And by warm season, we would think about your salsa garden and your mm -hmm. um, squash and watermelon and sweet potatoes, all those things that we really grow in the, the heat of the summer. You have a lot of time to go ahead and find what you need. Make sure that you've got your weed control plan uh, and you know, for this space. If you have an established garden, that may not be an issue. I'm working on a new garden space this year. So I spent most of last summer trying to get the Bermuda out of this spot. Mm -hmm. If you have a new location, you want to make sure and remove as much grass or you know weeds, uh, clear that surface so that you have a good, good place to start your garden, less competition uh, on the start. Your soil preparation has so much to do with your success in the garden. And so focusing on clearing that grass from that area, making sure you've got um, your soil tests done. If you need to make any amendments, I usually say if you're going to be adding manure, do that in the fall. Mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure that you've got time for that, um, for your food safety issues to uh, not be a problem. Manure can be a great additive to your soil, but it also can have bacteria and some things in it. So you definitely don't want to apply manure and then, you know, be harvesting lettuce yeah. in a few weeks. Yeah, that's an issue. So Come on, backyard chicken people, remember that. <laughs> so it's a great product to mm -hmm. use. Just make sure that you make that application in the fall, which is kind of out of our conversation right now. Yeah. So you may want to use synthetic fertilizers. Um, uh, you can still use like compost and those kind of things right now. But uh, getting that soil ready and then making sure that as you get ready to look towards your warm season, that you make sure that those temperatures have warmed up to where they need to be for the crop that you're wanting to plant. Okay. So 
just to lead us into our next conversation in a few episodes, Carla, what is that temperature for warm season crops? Because I think a lot of us jump the gun. It really depends on which specific warm season mm-hmm. crop you're thinking of. Our frost free date for Oklahoma or our typical average last freeze is about tax day or the middle of April. So when we look at April 15th, um, that is our our earliest kind of date for some of those warm season crops. It does depend somewhat on where you are in the state. And then it also depends on what our weather is doing that particular year. But for something like, say, pumpkins, um, which is one of our later warm season crops, you want your soil temperature about 65 degrees. And that's pretty warm mm-hmm. uh, compared to um, you're looking at probably late April or early May even to hit those target temperatures outside. Now, one thing you can do is start some things inside, you know, and, and have them ready so that you're transplanting. Mm-hmm. But even starting from seeds outside, if you wait until that soil temperature is warm enough, you'll get a much faster start. Yeah, I've had that experience with squash and pumpkins and that sort of thing. It's just so much easier to plant them outside. And they they come up so fast if they if the soil is warm. I've always just waited to plant them just in the soil directly without having to do the transplant for those particular things. Um, so that's a really good point. Now, especially for tomatoes too, they can maybe, I mean, that's the big thing. People are like, when can I get my tomatoes in? And that's really waiting, right, Carla? We need to wait until it gets warm enough. And we'll talk more about that, but... If you plant early and we do have that late cold snap, the chilling injury really will slow down your tomatoes more than give you the advantage. So if you love to play in the garden and you want to do the the covers or the like a wall of water type Mm -hmm. protection around them, some people will even do like a little mini greenhouse or they have a way to cover those tomato plants. But if you simply wait until the weather is warm enough, they will they will thrive and take off a little bit faster when the soil is warmer. Mm-hmm. So things that we would plant from seed, especially a lot of our cucurbit crops, mm-hmm. cucumbers, melons, um, pumpkins, squash, all of those things, they really like a warmer soil temperature. But like you said, they germinate so quickly, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes as quick as five days. So if you wait until they're warmer, then um, you really do get off to a fast start. Yeah, I think that that's really good information for some of us that are just chomping the bit to get out. So Carla, as we wrap this up, what are a few of the fact sheets that people can look to for some really good information? I know OSU has some good fact sheets and I will put them in the show notes, but um, go ahead and tell us what they are right now. Since we're talking about soil prep um, for whichever season that you're looking at, but um, one of my favorite fact sheets is this Healthy Garden Soils. It's HLA 6436, and it walks through a lot of good um, preparation things that you can do and how you can amend your soil in, in a really good way. It talks through some terminology at the beginning, touching on organic or natural type practices that really, they're they're a great way to kind of conserve our environment as well as prepare your garden. It brings in that conservation conversation Mm -hmm. as well. And so um, there's some really good techniques and suggestions in that one. And then our Oklahoma Garden Planning Guide, um, that's kind of our Bible (laughs) for extension and garden planting for vegetables. 
It's HLA 6004. Okay. I will put those in the show notes, links to those. But if you're just really excited about looking that up, take a look at those on our extension websites. I would like to mention that all of our county extension offices have some gardening programming, I'm sure, planned for the spring. If you're in Pottawatomie <laughs> County, uh, uh, give give the extension office a call, and I'm sure Carla would be happy to help you. We have extension educators in every county across the state. Some of them have more horticulture experience than others, but we're all kind of a team. We help each other, especially from that side, to help um, producers and our clientele, you know, have the best luck as far as gardening. But Carla, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast and talking about this fun uh, topic. I think we're all just really excited for spring. Anytime. It's fun to talk about gardening. Well, we'll talk soon. Uh, Next episode in a few weeks, we'll be on summer gardening and pollinators. So hope you all have a great day and we'll catch you next time.